on a narrow and twisty lane. Teresa sighed. Then she slung her bag, walked past the coffee shop, bank, jewelers, and up the slope of Long Hill Road. There is absolutely no need to go there, she heard her mother say, an echo of last night's argument. He's asked all the grandchildren, Teresa had replied, though Miranda knew that. Kenny and Audrey and James have agreed. That's their choice. You can make a different one. Mother, whatever he wants to say, he can put in a letter or a telephone call. Do you know what he wants to say? For goodness sake, how would I know that? Because he's your father. Miranda treated the fact as an accusation, and the conversation went downhill fast. Trudging up the steep and tree-shrouded lane, Teresa pictured her mother in the West Village apartment, bought when there was still family money, tending her exotic roses or painting in her studio, flitting about in those bright Indian shawls with her artsy friends, clueless about the real world. Stop, Teresa said aloud, only the trees as witnesses. Just stop. Stop being angry with your mother, with everyone. A car was rushing up the hill behind her. She could hear the high-performance motor straining through the steep turn. They all drove too fast around here, and of course there was no sidewalk. Who would walk anywhere in Langford? She stepped off the road into a mass of saplings and early fallen leaves, praying not to be hit, or that at least it should be a quick death from a very expensive car. It was a red Lexus convertible, which missed her by several feet. She saw a blur of blonde hair and sunglasses. Then the car slowed immediately, pulling onto the scant margin forty yards ahead. The driver jumped up in the seat and turned, calling out merrily. Terry! Dear God in heaven. Audrey. Well, don't just stand there! Her cousin shouted. At least she would not have to walk the rest of the way. Dutifully, Teresa marched toward the vehicle like a condemned man. To her horror, Audrey leaped out and swept her into a hug. She smelled musky. Some combination including sandalwood, vodka, and sweat. She carried a few extra pounds, though in all the right places. Audrey stepped back to survey her younger, skinny, dark-haired cousin. Look at you all grown up, she gushed. I was twenty years old at your wedding, said Teresa. Yeah, Audrey conceded. But there were like 400 people there, and I was completely wasted. Teresa had to laugh at the admission, and Audrey flashed a peroxide smile. Get in. I guess we're going the same way. Teresa climbed in and buckled up as Audrey gunned the engine. With hardly a glance either way, she shot back onto the road. When did you get this car? Teresa shouted over the wind and motor. And the divorce, said Audrey, matter of fact. Piece of crap, but I'm broke right now, so I'm stuck with it. What do you drive? Nothing. Seriously? New York has excellent public transportation. Socialist, Audrey jeered. This ain't New York. Why were you walking? Because you were late, Teresa guessed. Audrey did a double take. Wait, what? Nobody told me to pick you up. I didn't even know you were coming. 
Teresa's anxiety, briefly quelled, rose up again. There was no one at the station. I figured Ilsa would get me. We spoke two days ago. Ilsa, Audrey scoffed. She must be like a hundred years old now. I don't think she's more than 70. Maybe not even. Whatever. At least you were wearing the right shoes. Teresa's boots were low-heeled and comfortable. She never wore anything that was not good for walking. For her grandfather's interview, she had put on a tasteful gray suit. Audrey was driving barefoot, but a pair of red pumps was jammed half under the seat. She wore tight black jeans and a white v-neck tee to show off her big tanned boobs. Because you never knew when you might meet a hot guy at your decrepit grandfather's house. So, que pasa, Tere? What's going on in your life? The nickname came from her father.